Welcome to the Leaders Team podcast, made for school leaders by school leaders. Welcome to the Leaders podcast, the podcast for school leaders by school leaders. I'm Katie, the subject leadership lead here at Twinkle, and I'm Daisy, the senior leadership lead here at Twinkle. In today's episode, we'll be speaking to Kat Oakes, the sustainability lead here at Twinkle. Today, we're going to be discussing the Department for Education's sustainability strategy. What is it? Why do leaders need to be aware of it? And what are the main takeaways for leaders at all levels? Hi, Kat. Thanks for joining us. Hi. Nice to be here. So, Kat, can you tell us a bit about your background and where your passion for sustainability and strategy formation came from? Yeah, absolutely. And so I've got a bit of a varied background, really. I started off at a local government council as an economic and development and regeneration officer. And this enabled me to sort of understand government strategy and apply for funding bids and understand how all those processes are in, are interlinked. Um, previous to that, I had done a physical geography master's. So I have got a huge passion in, in geography, human and physical, but just sort of enjoyed more, more learning about the volcanoes and glaciation and, and climate change, obviously. Um, then I decided to go on a bit of a curveball and decided to train to be a secondary teacher and decided to train to become a secondary teacher in geography and was teaching geography for four years at a um, quite quite deprived high school up in Fleetwood, um, sort of having a specialism with teaching and geography to send students for year seven and year eight, where I had to sort of adapt my teaching style to um, think about how, how they could access the materials and the real key subject knowledge and maybe sort of going back a few years to sort of see what what background they actually had in geography. In terms of um, sort of personal, I guess, sustainability in my lifestyle, I always advocate to sort of try to live a sustainable lifestyle as much as I can. I am a vegetarian, I guess, like for the last five years. And no, it's not, you know, just because of animal rights. And obviously that is important. But I've made that conscious decision because of the climate impacts of um, certain certain meats and in that industry. And then um, recently, which I've actually got a few few laughs about, I've got rid of my car and I've started to cycle everywhere, which yeah. is great for sustainability, obviously, but it's making me get fitter. And I'm actually loving the fresh air, even in November, which it is now, get my gloves yeah. on, get my hood up and um, cycle everywhere. And it's just made me feel so much better. And it's not, I was getting a bit conscious of sort of the eco guilt filling up my, you know, car at the petrol station. It just wasn't making me feel great. And just, yeah, be able to be free of that and actually feel that I'm sort of making a difference and improving my own carbon footprint. I think it's amazing to practice what you preach, which which it is difficult, isn't it? We all know that there are things that we could all do better in every element of our lifestyle, but to be able to put that into action and you know live your values is is really admirable Kat it's great to hear about it that's brilliant Kat it's really fantastic to hear about your commitment to sustainability and get your advice and guidance today so I'm wondering what are the current DfE requirements for sustainability in schools so the Department of Education actually brought out the sustainability and climate change strategy which was published in April 2022 and um, it's quite a lengthy strategy and it's really hard to sort of um, summarise that, but I'll do the best I can sort of to um, apply it for leadership and, and schools and settings in the UK. So 
their ultimate aim is really to establish the UK as a global sustainability and climate change leader by 2030. Now, that is quite a big target um, and a lot of collaboration is sort of needed between um, various different organisations, charities, public sectors um, and obviously schools and school settings. And there's four main strategic aims for England. And I'll just quickly run through those really. So um, the first one, which which we're sort of really linked to at Twinkle is excellence in education. And that's to prepare young people and children for a climate impacted world um, through learning and practical experience. Now it does sound a little bit, you know, sort of scary that climate impacted world. And obviously we don't want to scare children and and part of that is called eco-anxiety, where you'd be triggering some of those um, sort of genuine triggers, which adult adults face as well. And like I mentioned before, I've, I felt that sort of eco-anxiety linked to um, filling up my car at the petrol station. And we've developed recently a twin called the Eco-Adventures Scheme, which is designed with um, eco-anxiety in mind. So to make sure that we're delivering content in a careful way, that is accurate, but also be able to give sort of children those solutions to be able to think about how they might be able to tackle those those problems in a collective and group manner. And I would say on top of that, supporting staff to deal with those issues. Yeah. Because it is a completely different way of working. It's a different way of teaching and it's a new element to, a, to already potentially overcrowded curriculum. So having the support of, of the scheme behind it, I think, really empowers staff to feel more comfortable with the delivery. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a really good point, Katie, where you've mentioned about an already overcrowded curriculum. And we do have, you know, that in the back of our minds where we want to support educators and teachers to integrate sustainability and, and weave it throughout the curriculum. So we do um, sort of design our lessons where, where lessons are practicing core subject um, skills, for example, statistics and maths is in some of our year six and year um, year five lessons. So um, that's then, you know, providing teachers with the sort of confidence that, yes, their class might be learning about sustainability, but they're also being able to practice a really key skill in readiness for the SACs, for example. Um, but obviously, ed ed excellence in education covers the CPD element of, of training teachers to be ready to deliver this content. And we are developing um, some sustainability CPD as well at Twinkle. The second aim is net zero. So that's going to be a huge one, I think, for for the government and, and individuals, you know, to try and achieve that net zero number and to reduce emissions from the education and care buildings. So the wanting to sort of drive that innovation and, and future thinking to to maybe envisage how we can sort of solve those problems with existing school sites, but also the government's thinking about how they can um, build new school sites with that net zero in mind. So what sort of um, engineering structures can they build where they'd be really energy efficient and water efficient and so on. And then the third one is is that resilience to climate change. And again, that links back to the eco-anxiety. We need to drive resilience forward in our teachers and our leaders, but also in the children we're delivering this education to. Um, and that might be to adapt education in a way that's promoting that resilience and also um, think about the climate change impact 
because even in the UK, you know, we are facing impacts of climate change. You were seeing that on the news, there's flooding events, there's heat waves. And, um, you know, if a child has booked, booked a holiday, well, they've not booked the holiday, but the family's booked a holiday perhaps abroad in the summer. And this year we've had the Greece wildfires, which has been all over the news. Children are seeing that on the news all the time. They've got questions, they want answers. So it's a real current topic that we're needing to address. Um, and then the final one is the better environment, really. So the just not thinking solely about the school building, but the surrounding area of that school and, and the school fields and and thinking about how the biodiversity of that outside natural environment can be improved. Also thinking about the air quality. So encouraging, you know, bike schemes and walking to school schemes. Um, I mean, increasing nature access and, and the teaching elements of nature outside around education. That's really useful, Kat. And I think that um, overview that you're able to provide us with your knowledge of um, not just sustainability, but this sustainability strategy, going to be really useful for leaders, educators, teachers everywhere um, to be able to get to grips with this um, new incentive. And um, I'm interested, what settings does this strategy apply to? So the DUB stated that it applies to all education and children's service systems in England. Now, when you break that down, that's covering anything from nurseries, early years, schools, so primary and secondary, further education, higher education, and even children's social care. So that's, that is huge. It's massive. Um, and, you know, obviously, yes, it applies to the settings, but we're also wanting to respond, um, well, Twinkle is wanting to respond and the DV wanting to respond to the concerns of children and young people. Like I said before, children are seeing all the impacts of climate change on the news. It's a daily occurrence now. And, you know, we're seeing all these sort of news storms which are coming in into, um, you know, awesome as well. So um, it's aiming to sort of engage them through education from an early age, from the EYFS stages and get them sort of fostering that passion for nature and taking that through up to the key stages. And then they can perhaps share that knowledge with their parents at home or their local community. And the message is rippling out so that sustainable practices and, and ideas and strategies are being shared and we can have a larger impact than just solely in the school setting. And I think it's um, interesting because, like you said, children are seeing this on the news, but more and more often we're also seeing it in their own town cities that they live at the moment with the flooding, with the storms, even the heat waves. And so every day it's becoming a real life um, issue that these children are facing and becoming aware of. And actually that knowledge is power and being able to empower them to know how they can contribute uh, to sustainability and tackling climate change is really important. Yeah, absolutely. And it's interesting you've mentioned about, um, you know, schools closing perhaps for a heat wave or a flooding event because a lot of a lot of school buildings are not set up to deal with such extreme or extremities of climate impacts. You know, it's I, I wouldn't have heard of a school that had air conditioning to deal with a heat wave. Certainly, certainly my high school, which I worked at, did not have air conditioning. In fact, it sort of had a glass greenhouse roof, which yes, the building really hot. Um, so yeah, the strategy 
from the DV will also be looking at the existing school sites and, and see which ones would need that immediate sort of support with sort of putting in those adaption and mitigation strategies into their school buildings. Absolutely. And I've been very lucky to have um, been in, in two schools where there's been uh, new building development and upgrading to current buildings in line with working towards sustainability, mm -hmm. particular net, particularly net zero. Um, and it's been really interesting to to even just learn about what building um, developments look like in terms of, you know, these fantastic systems that they've created to to upgrade buildings and to make schools more sustainable, uh, which not only has an impact on the environment, but also has a really positive impact on the school's budgets and energy and running costs. Yeah. Uh, but it's a complex new landscape for leaders to be entering, um, but one that obviously um, Trinkle and, and your sustainability team are here to guide leaders and educators through. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think, you know, it, it depends on the school makeup. It might be that they need to speak to their local council to sort of implement some of those new strategies. Obviously, the school business manager would be involved heavily in, in looking at those things. And there will be further support given um, from the government to develop what's called climate action plans, which is basically how the schools sort of detail, you know, what they need to put in place and um, sort of suggestions to sort of improve their school setting. And we'll, I believe there will be sort of um, a development hub brought out from the um, DAB to support with that. We will also be developing some guidance to also further help um, leaders and, and school business managers to fill those out and, and get the correct strategies in place. I just wanted to inquire from a subject leadership perspective, Kat. Obviously, at the minute, there isn't a distinct subject that is sustainability on the curriculum, but other subjects include elements of what would be included in, in the DfB guidance. What do subject leaders need to be aware of or consider in future provision? Well, I think you've got to think with a sort of wider lens that sustainability can be interwoven into all subjects of the national curriculum, whether it's an extended piece of writing in English or looking at statistics in maths um, or even science and sustainability lends itself really nicely to practice some of those um, scientific skills and analysing biodiversity data, for example. Um, it's got to be a whole school approach and it's got to come from sort of leadership level and be fed further down. Um, but I'd also encourage, you know, the whole school staff looking at this collectively because, you know, even from the school caretaker to the caterers at the school, everyone can have an impact and have that collective effort to make sure the school site is more sustainable. Which is really what we want to reflect in society, isn't it? That everyone can have that collective input to make a better, better future and better environment for everybody yes absolutely um and something worth to mention which is really key at the moment so um the natural history museum have been commissioned by the department for education to lead on the project called the national education nature park which is fantastic and i'm, I'm following sort of the updates of how many schools have signed up to the nature park and basically the nature park area is the collective area of space every school site has all together. And it's actually the twice the size of Birmingham. So think about school fields, playgrounds at every single school or nursery or college. That collective area is humongous. 
and if you know they they want to basically support schools to increase the biodiversity and, and and nature to school sites then collectively that will have a huge impact in the UK's biodiversity numbers and and at the moment unfortunately the UK's sort of habitat numbers are depleting there was a report brought out by I think it was the Wildlife Trust early, earlier in the year and we are seeing a huge decline in some of those percentages of our um, natural wildlife and habitats and if we can sort of improve that and and improve the areas where those um, species can thrive, then we can all all sort of collectively make a meaningful impact and, and help nature along its way. So just to finish off, Kat, at the minute, what are the key things that leaders in all settings really need to be thinking about and be aware of, would you say? So there's a few sort of key dates here. And um, by 2025, so that's not far away at all, um, every every setting will need to nominate a sustainability lead. So that might be someone who leads on geography or, or science already in, in perhaps a school setting. They would need to work with the school leadership team, work with the school business manager um, to sort of help to develop um, and implement a climate action plan, which has also got the same deadline by 2025. I mentioned climate action plans previous and the government will be bringing out a bit of a support hub to help um, sustainability leads fill that out with their school leaderships team. Um, and that might sort of detail how the school might Im improve sustainable practices, even focusing on food and waste systems. But looking at, again, that whole whole school approach and that circular economy and how we can sort of in increase the engagement to that. Um, there will be coming as well some carbon literacy training for sustainability leads, which aims to give them that training and that information. Then they can then put that in, into action. And that will be early 2024. And um, also sort of linked to the National Education Nature Park, there will be the Climate Leaders Awards. So um, there will be a lot of encouragement for, for schools to engage with those. Um, there's lots of key dates and actions to sort of provide that roadmap for schools to enhance their practices. But ultimately, the the strategy wants to aim for the UK education sector to become a world leader. And, and collaboration is, is key in this, like I mentioned right at the start, to have that global impact collectively. Um, and then I guess just finishing off really, Twink, one of Twinkle's mission statements is to help those who teach but I sort of recently have tried to sort of expand that now really where we also want to help our customers integrate sustainability into their settings and deliver that content to children in an eco-conscious format we're inspiring the um, next generation of future leaders great inventors and you know that might be sort of in increasing or improving their green skills and we've also created a fantastic new sustainability and climate change hub, which is designed to support your setting with implementing some of these strategy actions. Um, there's going to be lots of organisations sort of linked to that. It's it's still a still a growing hub, and um, I'm really excited to um, get that released and and show that all to you. Thanks for coming to chat with us today. That's been really informative. And I'm pleased to say that this is the start of our sustainability series. And Kat is going to be with us for a, a number of episodes where she will be talking about sustainability, 
sharing her advice and guidance to help you to make sustainability a priority in your setting. Thanks for listening to the Leaders Podcast. Join us again for more SLT and subject leadership conversations and follow Twinkle SLT and Twinkle Subject Leads on our socials.